Our text today comes to us from 2 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 19, and then verses 23 through 27. Hear the word of the Lord. Your glory, O Israel, lies slain upon your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely. In life and in death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson and luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen, and the weapons of war perished. The word of the Lord. Holy God, give us the grace to find our own lives in this ancient story, that we too might hear your holy word. In the name of the Christ, amen. Our text today is another installment in the ongoing series of homilies that I've been offering on leadership, looking at the lives of David and Saul, mostly although we started with Esther, a little bit of time with Moses. This text brings us to a tired and bloody battlefield. Saul has lost the battle. He's lost his kingdom. He watched as three of his sons were slain in battle, including the beloved Jonathan. And in his great despair, Saul, the king of Israel, falls on his own sword. Things started out so well for this reign. Saul was popular and successful. He was literally head and shoulders above everyone else. He brought prosperity to the nation. He clothed people with crimson and luxury and ornaments of gold. Best of all, he was anointed, but he ends his life by losing it all. In contrast, David's story starts out so humbly. He's a nobody. He's a shepherd boy. He's the last youngest son of an unknown family. It's not much of a resume. And yet David becomes the greatest king Israel ever knew. What was the difference in these two leaders? Well, for one, we're told in both the Old and the New Testaments that David had a heart for God, a man after God's own heart. Women and men who have a passion for God's heart, care more about their relationship with God 
than they do about staying in leadership. God found that irresistible in David. By contrast, Saul feared God, but he did not love God. What Saul loved was being the king. Anybody who has to stay in leadership is a dangerous leader. Our chief end, again, is to know and enjoy God. Also, notice what these two men are holding and how different they are. Almost every time we run across a depiction of Saul, he is holding a weapon. He used his sword to drive out the Ammonites and the Amorites. He kept throwing spears at David. He used the sword to try to get rid of the Philistines. He held these weapons so tightly that the poison from them began to overwhelm him with anger, and his anger pretty much destroyed his own family. And at the end of Saul's life, his anger and his despair is all that is left because he was clinging so tightly to these weapons. Thomas Carlyle has said that for every hundred people who can handle defeat, there's only one who can handle success. The danger of success is that, as Saul depicts, you will soon be threatened. You'll worry about who is out there that's going to take it away from you. Who is your competitor? Who's the colleague who's actually trying to be sharper than you or who's trying to undermine you? Who's trying to uh, politicize their way around you? Whenever that happens, you'll, like Saul, pick up a weapon. It's easy for us to go tisk tisk to King Saul. But let us remember, we all have our own favorite weapons that we like to use when we are threatened. What's yours? Is it that you are smarter than other people, by which we mean more cunning? Is your favorite weapon that you are just adorable, which is a powerful weapon? (laughs) Or does everybody know about your anger, and so they give you a wide berth? They just assume please you rather than have their heads bitten off? Is your favorite weapon that you like to express concern about other people, which is the Christian term for gossip? Are you just really good at being political? Is your favorite weapon that you were hurt one time and You've learned to turn that into a victimization that manipulates people amazingly well. It's incredible what you can get with this weapon. Well, the list goes on and on, doesn't it? We all have our favorite ones. We keep them right by our side as if they were a sword. David knew how to use a sword, by the way. fascinating thing is that he never picked one up against Saul. That's because David wasn't committed to getting the dream that he had been given. 
He was so devoted to this dream, but he knew that it came from God, and if he was going to receive it, it could only come from God. And so David refused to use a weapon against his greatest enemy, Saul. David made many great mistakes. His sins were grievous and serious. But God stays with David, unlike Saul, because David is devoted to God's heart and to God's dream. God finds it irresistible when people are devoted to holy dreams. Dreams of a whole new kingdom, not just the kingdom of David, but the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Dreams of a day when swords will be beat into plowshares, when we will all recover our created responsibility to be stewards of the earth. Dreams of a day when righteousness and peace will kiss. Dreams that are not just for you, but also for the Middle East and Afghanistan and for Trenton and, and for those even around us whose private hurts lie just beneath the thin veneer of ordinary lives. Holy, sacred dreams. Dreams that you can hold, that you can inherit. Dreams that are worthy of your life. It's because we believe in these holy dreams like David did that we... We get up another day. We, we, we continue our, our, our task at, at, at go to another class. We write another paper. We take another exam. We go back to the office because we believe in these dreams. We've inherited them. There have been good days and bad days for the dream of God, I know. Just like David had to run and hide from Saul and spend time in caves, there are times when God's holy dreams appear to us to have been hiding for a while. But the dream never perishes. It cannot be defeated. This holy dream called the kingdom of Christ has outlived every tyrant. It's outlived every war. It's outlived every moment of slavery and, and apartheid and holocaust. And the dream has continued to persevere. And it continues to inflame our hearts and each new generation with Dreams worthy, worthy of your lives. And the best thing at all about holding on to God's dream for your life and the people you will serve is that this dream is so big, you have to use both hands. Which means it's then impossible to pick up a weapon. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.